Uh, this week, my, my audio may be a little shitty, because uh, I'm recording from the dining room, mm-hmm. um, because Casey's working today, and I have, there's shit airflow here, uh, so I have a fan beside me, and, uh, so it's just constantly going in the background. I've got, like, a constant... I'm looking at my audio as I'm talking, and it is just all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I'll run noise reduction and shit, but yeah, I don't know how much of a difference that's going to make. Eh, sure, it'll be fine. Well, we'll see. Um, see ya. Uh, I don't really have anything. <laughs> no, neither do I. Uh. Okay. <coughs> Well, let's do it then. Sure. Uh, Hello and welcome to The Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that is constantly covered in a fine layer of cat fur at all times. I'm Max. And I'm redundant. I mean, (laughs) JR. Constantly, at all times, forever covered in cat fur. Yes. Um, How's it going? Uh, It's good. I'm sleepy. Uh, but that's kind of a constant, because I have apparently some kind of phobia against going to sleep, um, at a reasonable hour, so this is not new, uh, but, yeah. I read once that this is actually a, a, a thing that, uh, and the reason that people do it instead of going to sleep when you know you fucking should, is because you feel like it's a, it's a thing you can control. So you're like, no, I'm going to go ahead and watch a movie from the 2010s that I know sucks because I want to stay up because I'm in control of that. And it's like, right. yeah, no, I get that. Um, it doesn't make me feel any less stupid, but... <laughs> I totally understand why I'm... If that's one of... that, You know, that could be a reason. Um, it just is like, why... Just go to bed, you idiot. Just go to bed. Yeah. Your girlfriend, well, went to, your girlfriend went to bed at like 10.30 because she had to wake up at 5. Uh, why did you stay up until 2? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know! I don't know! Uh, I mean... That's one of those things that you're you're always just going to be... Even if you understand the reason mm-hmm. for something, you're never really going to understand the reason for that reason. Yeah. Like, you, you, can, you can say, oh, well, it's because of this, but you're not, you're not going to... That doesn't fundamentally alter anything, and it's not, it's not going to explain the full reasoning behind it Mm -hmm. like you're you're still going to be like yeah but that's that's still fucking weird (laughs) self like that's still stupid self yeah yeah. like i know that okay cool why am i doing that right Uh, yeah okay yeah i don't and yeah i can interrogate that all i want but yeah you're right it's like 
I don't know that it's ever going to drill all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, how are you? Uh, you know, it's it's been a fun day. Um, but I'm I'm okay. I uh, I I sometimes wonder. I mean, you want to talk about trying to figure out what your fucking deal is um someone my my mom's best friend's husband passed away suddenly mm-hmm. um and when when i say suddenly i mean like literally he got up and went to the bathroom and dropped dead Damn. and i'm I'm trying to I don't understand the way my emotions work mm-hmm. because there are I can get choked up talking about fictional characters I can get choked up talking about a thing that happened to someone I've never met on the other side of the world mm-hmm. um you know, some injustice. <coughs> but then when it comes to someone who, you know, when I was a, when I was a kid, you know, we moved, we moved to Atlanta and for a long time, they were the only ones we knew. Right. Uh, and we spent a lot of time with them and, you know, but when, when I was told that, my reaction was just, oh, huh, like, yeah. and so I'm like, I think, I think part of it, part of it is the fact that my memory is, my memory is such a mess that a lot of my memories of that time just aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. But, but it's also just like, I don't, I don't know. There's a, there's a disconnect for me, no matter how much I try. And I don't know why that is. And it kind of worries me. I don't know that it's something you should be worried about. Um, interrogating it is fine. Uh, worried, uh, that seems a bit heavy. Um, I, uh, I mean, I can, I can concur. I mean, I've got family members that, who have passed that I've been, like, either unexpectedly screwed up about, like, Mm -hmm. um, or, huh, okay. And I don't know why... Two uncles on my mom's side, completely different reactions. Uh, yeah. One, one of them, com- I was messed up. And maybe it was just that where I was in my life, because very different time periods as well. But one of them completely messed me up for like a week. Um, and yeah. the other one didn't hit at all. And I think you're okay. 
I think that's I think that's fine. Like that's just the way human relations, especially modern human relations, work. Is uh, these things eh, they they happen and uh, yeah I don't know. <sighs> well, I don't know. I uh, I. I constantly wonder if there's something wrong with me because I my I'm a mess. But anyway, anyway, uh, things got real. Let's talk about people in spandex. Yes. Um. So, first of all, Loki uh, ended, and we're we're going to be talking spoilers. So uh, I will try to put a timestamp into the notes of the show um, for you to skip ahead to. If you have not seen Loki or Black Widow, uh, you know, that way you can skip ahead to when we start talking about comics. Um, Which, hell, you might just want to do. I mean, whatever. That might be you. Yeah. You're Uh, a cool person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alright, so... Loki. Loki first. What do you think? I don't understand why it's getting weird animosity. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed I, I my it. set. Yeah, I love the hell out of it. Um, I thought the, the, the critique that the end was all show and... Or all tell and no show. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But that's... To me, that was okay, because I've read, I've engaged with a lot of media that I have enjoyed that are a lot of tell and not show. I mean, the end of Watchmen is extremely just well, and that's, wandering that's the, around being pontificating about your master plan. I well, thought it was okay. The, that's, that's the major uh, corollary that I think, because, you know... And honestly, it's kind of a breath of fresh air to to have had every single Marvel thing end with a big punch up. Mm-hmm. Uh, even WandaVision, where we go we go from meditation on loss, grief, and isolation to cackling supervillain big yeah. sky battle blah 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 yeah whether it fits or not um it was kind of nice to have a uh an ending that was not a big supervillain punch up but also yeah it it is very much sort of in that watchman vein where you go through all of this to confront the villain and then instead of a big knockdown drag out, they're just like, I mean, here's why I did it. And then everybody's just kind of like, oh, here's why, and, here's why I did it. And here are the consequences of, I can tell you now that if you take action, there will be consequences, which, yeah, of course, like that's the way cause and effect works. But like... They, but I can also tell you that those react, <clears throat> that reaction, the consequence will be bad, will be yeah. 
far worse than I am right now. And whatever you whatever you blame me for, yeah, it could be so much more awful. And and I mean the <clears throat> that is even you know encapsulated in the line that uh, his name is Jonathan Majors, right? Yeah. His his character has, which is we're all villains here, you know. Like I and I love that delivery too because it's like no one's getting anyone twisted. Like we're all bad. Uh, yeah, I'm just telling you that we're all bad, and we're all trying currently to do something good. No one's under any illusions. Just like I'm telling you, what will happen. And yeah. it will be bad. Um, and I thought that was cool. Um, I I enjoyed the ending. I enjoyed... I hella enjoyed the series. The first five episodes, too. So going into the last one, I was like... Okay. Uh, let, let's do this. I, I just thought it was... I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't... Yeah, and again, I just don't get... To me, the discourse has been so strange because um, I think people are... <coughs> it, it's really weird because it feels like people are trying to be pissed, but also, uh, at least in the circles I Twitter, they, they're trying to be weird and upset about it while also being um respectful of people who haven't seen it yet so like they'll just say vague things and i'm like i i don't even know what you're mad about but i get i think you're mad maybe you're not mad i don't know um but it, it feels like people are saying a lot of uh this didn't this isn't what I wanted. And I'm like, it's a Loki show. What the fuck did you want? <laughs> because, like, I didn't know what to expect. And the fact that I got this, I'm happy. You know? Same with WandaVision. I was like, I didn't know what I was going to get. When I got that, I was like, alright, cool. Because, like, you can be pissed off about, like... Well, it's still stupid. But, like, if your Batman show or movie isn't the way you want it to be because you have a preconception of what a Batman movie is like based on who the villain is in the movie okay fine you can be that way you're a dick but you can be that way um with this it's like no one had a no you did not have a preconstructed notion of what a Loki show was going to be so I don't think you get to be pissed off like because nobody did this is an entirely weird enterprise so don't be you can't be pissed about something that you can't be pissed about something not living up to your expectations when it would be impossible for you to have expectations about the thing it's the same way that I'm like I feel that about Eternals where I'm like I don't know what this is I don't don't know I don't know what this is going to be so I don't care (laughs) <laughs> the caveat to that, I think, is even if you are able to have expectations, um, 
you know, the older I've gotten, the more I've realized my expectations are not their fault. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. In as much as, like, when it, when it comes to narrative stories, if I'm going in and I think something is going to be one thing and it turns out to not be that, mm-hmm. that's my problem. Yeah. Um, and that's why, that's why anymore I... I try not if if a movie's out and out bad, if a TV show is out and out bad, that's one thing. Yeah, like if there were if there were fundamental issues mm-hmm. with the uh, with the writing or the acting or whatever, that's okay. But but if if the issue is I was going in expecting one thing and then it was something else. That's that's not their fault. Yeah. That's not um you know, maybe it's the marketing team's fault, but whatever. But the po- the point is that does not determine whether something is good or bad. That can determine whether or not I enjoyed it. And so sometimes I have to revisit those things and say, okay, I was wrong or whatever. But, you know, like it's, there's a thing of the, there's a thing that shows up on Twitter from time to time uh, where it's like the image of me that you have formed in your head is not my fault and it's not my problem. I was and thinking that's... my brother and his wife, uh, I mean, I'm sure all, almost all couples have done this where one member will be asleep, have a dream in which the other one is a jerk or something like that, wakes up pissed off at uh, the first per- or the, the other member. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I am not responsible for the actions of Dream Max. Like, right. And... That's you can be pissed, I guess, but that wasn't me. I can't. Well, yeah, I can't you, fix that. You've got you've got to allow them to process that. Yeah, but by the same token, like if they make it your problem, that's not okay. Right. Um, exactly. I I remember when uh, you know I had a I had a dream once when Casey and I were dating and living together. Wherein I, uh, she cheated on me and dumped me. And in the dream, um, I moved out. I got a new place. I put my life back together after the breakup. Like, you know, I moved on. And when I woke up and... She was in bed beside me. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And so, like, I spent that morning just, like, in a weird place. But by right. the same token, I'm not like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, right. No, that's... <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, like, like I said, I'm, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed... Um, I liked... Like, okay, so the theme of this is the wrong term, but like determinism and free will. 
I think yeah. determinism's the right, the wrong word. Free will isn't close enough. But like, what do we? Who are you? What do you do? Like, what's your deal? Are you strictly defined by, especially because you're an Asgardian god, and you literally are the god of something? Um, <clears throat> does that define who you are? Are you, <clears throat> you know, those kind of things? I thought they executed the hell out of that. Um, mm-hmm. And a little part of me was like wondering if I thought this Loki, the one we were following um, throughout, had earned the amount of like character growth that it took five movies for my other Loki to to get um, or two and a half to get does did that feel still feel earned and by the end of it I was like yeah no I'm okay with this um, yeah I I I think it was a little fast sure but at the same time <clears throat> he didn't have to go through he didn't go through it, but he was shown the consequences of what being like he was, was. His mom, I, di- I think... his mom dies, his dad dies, his brother fucking hates him, but then loves him again because he actually, like, turned on his ass. And then he gets fucking killed. Because in a noble way, right, like, he goes down for the right reason... And he just has to de- process all of that shit. And it was quiet moments in the library where he was dealing with that that I thought was good. Um, and the fact that he was still being a little shit up until episode three or four when mm-hmm. things got heavy. Um, so I I liked it. And I, I liked uh, Sylvie a lot. I hope she sticks around. Yeah. In the background somewhere. I think and I think their relationship is interesting because I don't know I don't know if I don't know if uh I would call it love. No, yeah, it's because I mean, leaving aside all of the um, issues involved (coughs) with falling in love with yourself, um, I think I think what we're what we're looking at is a Loki who legitimately cares about someone for the first time. And yeah, it's himself. <laughs> uh, but it but it is externalized somewhat. And yeah. so, you know, yeah, it's still egotism of the highest order, but it's it is still a separate and unique external yeah. person. Yeah. Uh and so I you know, long term i don't know how that's going to work out but i think i think it is an interesting look at 
Loki because up until now the only the only person this Loki has cared about at all is Freya. Yep. Um and even that he's never he's never really acted upon he's never he's never done anything necessarily to indicate so far as we know right that that's the case he's just been a prick um and so yeah i don't know i it's an it's an interesting evolution of the character and yes it happens in a more compressed time frame than the loki we've seen up till now but sometimes Sometimes change is gradual and sometimes something hits like a ton of bricks that while the change itself still takes time, the, the holy shit, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, is much more immediate. Yeah. So. Yeah. I liked it. So, yeah, I thought, I thought the entire cast was great. Um, you know, I've, (laughs) I've spent the last day or two explaining, okay, so there's Kang and there's Immortus. The version we saw in this episode is effectively Immortus. They never actually name him as such, but yeah, it's Immortus. Um, and so there's Kang and there's Immortus and there's Ramatat, Scarlet Centurion and Iron Lad. It's a whole thing. Time travel. Um, also fucking rick and morty fans oh my god oh my god i i haven't seen this and i'm ha- i'm already happy that i haven't seen this ah my I, brain i liked rick and morty i did but it has been utterly ruined by the fucking assholes who claim to be fans of it and you know there's people out here talking about the uh the Kangs that Immortus has been talking about uh, getting together and sharing tech and information and so on. And they're just like, this is just the Council of Ricks. And the guy who wrote for Loki also wrote for Rick and Morty. So, and it's just like, first of all, shut the fuck up. Second of all, um, it's not a new idea. No. Marvel has done it at least twice yeah prior to rick and morty and i doubt it was new when they did it in with the kang council yeah in 1986 oh three times because uh kang reed and uh star hawk was there actually like a council of star hawks yeah uh-huh. Okay, I don't. I don't know that I. That, <clears throat> that was at the end of time in the uh, landing and Abnet, um, or Abnet and landing. Uh, it's been a long time since I read those, and I don't know if I was able to stick with all the Starhawk shit for <coughs> to that point, or if I well I reached a point. I reached a point with Starhawk during a lot of that where I just let it wash over me. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it's 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 very much the same idea as the Council of Kangs in that, like, they're created because instead of time loops, it's just they are. 
you know, because he is the one who knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we're not doing that today. I'm not. I'm not thinking. I don't have to think about Starhawk today if I don't want to. Yeah. Today, that's every day. Holy the, shit. The, the point is, <laughs> yes. it's not a new idea. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I don't know why you're trying to claim that the show that is a pastiche of Doc and Marty is some font of creativity. Yeah. Uh, there are very few of ideas. There are very few concepts in Rick and Morty that are not a pastiche of something. Yeah. They are a reference or they are a, a nudge wink kind of thing. Um, just because you don't know what they're <laughs> referencing doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And uh, stop being toxic pricks. Yeah. Um, more than likely, it's a sci-fi conceit that's already been explored. At best, it's a deconstruction with boobs and fluid. Uh, right. So, chill. Okay? Chill. Yeah. And, and, like I said, I... I enjoyed the show when it first came out, or when I first watched it four years ago, and thought, <laughs> this is fine. Okay. I, I thought it was funny, and it had a lot of really cool high-concept stuff mixed in with, like, yeah. tits and farts, and, like, okay, cool. I, but, I thought the slow degradation of his family's minds was hilarious. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Beth with the, like... The wine. Glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's funny. And, like, there's a lot of stuff in the show that works for me, but... <coughs> it has just it has it has developed this fan base that is taking all the wrong things from it um and that are just they're assholes in every direction yeah and it's just like how do you watch something that fervently and that passionately and not understand such a simple yeah. Central conceit. Rick ruins everyone around him. You do not want to be him. He is not aspirational. He is a fucking asshole. And if you are emulating him, so are you. Yep. Anyway. Um, Black Widow then. Black Widow. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I don't have much more than that um yeah uh a lot of the a lot of the complaining about taskmaster eh. oh fuck it yeah i, I heard one of the guys i um watch play D, &D so that that's the kind of guy i am uh is <laughs> works for penny arcade and uh is was like I'm a huge Taskmaster fan. I'm hope I hope they do really well. And then like he heard you know how that goes, and he's like I don't think that sounds like they did him dirty. And I'm like Nah, they did they did a comic book movie. Like well that's fine. For first of all, um, what I will say is there is nothing. There's honestly not anything in the movie that precludes 
Taskmaster being Taskmaster. Yeah. I mean, he's... It's a woman, mm-hmm. and her name is Antonia Drakov instead of Tony Masters. But, like, there's nothing that says in four years' time you won't get the Taskmaster you know. Second of all... um, I mean, hell, we're my, getting that with... Uh, uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah. His dad. Well... Well, but all, but also, um, number one, I view this as like the ultimate universe. It's a different take on the character. You can't get hung if you start, um, if you start getting all sniffy about, you know, I'll talk, I'll talk at length about, well, these are the changes that were made. Sure. But I, there, I, I am past a point now where I'm going to get pissy about it, uh, because it is, it's, it's, it is a different take on the character, um, and that's okay. Uh, but also, also, you know, I, I like Taskmaster. <coughs> But Taskmaster is not so iconic a character that it really fucking matters. I mean, all of these people complaining about, uh, about, um, the changes that were made to Taskmaster, how many of them can tell me anything about the character beyond he can copy people? His name is Tony Masters, and he's an asshole. I mean, like, we're we're not we're not talking Peter Parker here. Yeah, we're not talking a character that had. They made him an amnesiac, and it didn't really change all that much. Like that's a, so. I like Taskmaster, and I enjoy his appearances, and you know, yeah, I was excited going in. And I was perfectly okay with it all. I thought that it all worked just fine as far as Black Widow's arc. And if you if you are angry that Taskmaster wasn't in more of the movie, I don't know. Get the fuck over yourself. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know what they, to tell you there. He was Taskmaster was a red herring in the trailers. trailers yeah, because they were keeping the Drakov thing close to the vest yeah um so you know maybe maybe learn how to watch movies i don't don't know like yeah but i liked um david harbour just chewing the shit out of scenery um he was yeah he was a lot of fun and Um, um i like i liked that he sucked like mm-hmm. as a dude, he sucked, um, mm-hmm. and they didn't pull back from that, and they didn't like, you know, he had been playing the part of dedicated father up until he was done with that, and then he was done with that. Yeah, and was I thought using... the whole family dynamic was well done overall. Uh, yeah, um, um, I thought the family dynamic was cool and i 
I really enjoyed that the 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 dynamic that worked the best or that stuck the hardest was between um Yelena and Natasha because mm-hmm. that that's the way that would work. Like even yeah. if they were 5 and 10 and or whatever and knew that they were actually Russian plants and basically props. Um, they still, that age still would have formed a weird bond that would be so difficult to yeah. deprogram. Um, that uh, the fact that they, they get back together and just immediately start, you know... Falling into that sister Falling into that relationship? sister weird, not bickering not you know but you know just pecking at each other kind of to get a rise out of each other and like do that that made so much sense to me and the fact and natasha was so protective of her even when it was clear that she could take care of herself she just didn't know what she was in for and that was so that was good um i i just yeah so i'm glad to see that there were some, I don't know, there were some production nitpicks that I could make where I'd just be like, it's sometimes this, I, I watched it at home. Did you go to a theater? Yeah. Okay. Um, we live in Missouri and uh, the news is not good. So I have not been out yet. Well, uh, and I was, I was not aware when we went to the theater how bad things are and I really regret doing it. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so I, I watched it at home because uh, I, I could, and I'm within means of doing that, so I did. And maybe it was just my screen. Uh, you know, I watched it in the living room with headphones so that I could he- actually fucking hear it. Um, but, like, it felt strange at points where I was like, this feels like a TV show. Hmm. And I don't know if it was just the TV, but like sometimes the and this is just a weird production nitpick where it's like the photography felt wrong. Um, but I I I, I don't know. I will tell you that personally having seen it on the big screen, I did not feel that way. Okay. So it may be that what you're talking about was something I didn't notice. Uh, and it may have been present, and I just wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be that it may have just been because you were watching. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Some of the co- I did. It not. was like color balancing in a couple of scenes, color balancing and focus mm-hmm. in a couple of scenes that I was just like, that feels weird. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, and it was really just like one and two scenes. Like the action at the end felt like a fucking Marvel movie. Um, and chunky and good. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it again. I think I have access to it until forever. So, that's nice. Yeah. I paid 30 um, bucks, but I get to watch it whenever the hell I want. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of things I will mention that I, I really liked. Um, I guess the scene in which uh, they're in the chopper, which... I loved that whole thing. Like, when, uh... 
uh, when there's problems and Yelena is just like, we're all doing good. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. But the the scene where uh, Alexei is like, are you on your period? Um, Apparently that was a line that was in the script that the director wanted to cut, but that um, I guess they let Florence Pugh uh, improvise her response. So all the stuff she said there, like, was oh, her cool. improvising, which I, I I enjoy the improvisation improvisation bits in Loki. I guess the part where um, they're in the they're in the uh, library. And Mobius shows him the bubble gum, and he says, "What is that?" He's like, "Is it's candy? Did you not have that as in Asgard?" And he's like, "Well, we had nuts and you know uh, berries." And he's like, "No wonder you're so bitter." That was also improvised nice. and things like that. I really enjoy. Uh, but the other thing is, I guess if you go back and watch Avengers, um. The scene in which uh, Black Widow goes down and talks to Loki when he's in the cell. And, you know, he thinks he's manipulating her and she is actually getting the information she needs from him. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they talk about the red in her ledger, he's like, "Uh, do you really think you can wipe out that much red? He says, Drakov's daughter, Sao Paulo. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, so that was kind of a little cool. Like, Dracov's daughter didn't come out of nowhere. Um, I, I will say, I wish they, I wish there'd maybe been another mention or two. Maybe when she and Steve are, uh, are on the run in Winter Soldier. Just, I don't know, something more to, I think that could have added to the effectiveness of her relationship to Antonia and her saving her in the end. Uh-huh. Um, but overall, I thought it was perfectly effective. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I think that would have, I think that would have been a nice little thing to go back and watch those things with that context then um, to be like, oh my God, like, you know. So anyway. I, I liked it. I I thought that um, the action the action felt a bit more uh, grounded. <laughs> I and I realize it's weird to say that when we're talking about. I will say the red room made no goddamn sense in terms of it's a tall, spooky thing that has engines at the very bottom. Um. Because, like, the helicarrier, at the very least, it's got turbines in the four corners. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, it's impractical and probably would never work, but I get it. Right. But the Red Room, it's, uh, I like, I don't know how it's supposed to have stayed perfectly upright. Yeah, the stabilization there is uh, um, concerning. And also the fact that if your main thrust is underneath it at a centralized point, then keeping it hidden 
becomes a uh, an exercise that I don't understand because uh, you, you you some days it's not as cloudy, right? Well, and even right. then, if it is cloudy, um, unless you have dark fire. Uh, I don't know how you're going to hide the fact that you're lighting up this cloud every time you go, you know, I, it, that's fine, though, if, you know, if that's the one thing that I, I thought about that too, I was like, wait, what the fuck? No. Plus, it's like the only cloud that doesn't move. Like, every yeah. other cloud is made, you can watch it make its way across the sky, and that one's just floating there. Like, no one ever sat there and was like, huh. That's weird. Also, but, Shield's got, you know, global spy satellites. I'm pretty sure finding the Red Room wouldn't be that goddamn hard because they'd be like, hey, um, the weather over in Eastern Europe's being fucking strange. Uh, yeah. Oh, seems to be a building in that cloud. Yeah. Probably ought to yeah, get I really, look I into really that. I really don't know how, but leaving that aside, I, you know, it's a, it's a lot more just like, ordinary people mm-hmm. uh yes they're super spies and blah 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 but there's a f- lot less like flying through buildings uh uh-huh. stuff like that i uh, yeah so and i i will say i really loved i loved her confrontation with drakov mm-hmm. and her like goading him into hitting her Mm -hmm. and then she has to slam her face on the desk to sever the um the nerve in her nose so that she can overcome the pheromone block like all of that was just a lot of fun um i love i loved all four of the main sort of family members Uh uh-huh uh stuff like that so I, I I enjoyed it. I yeah. Yeah, I liked it. So we have talked for a while about these things. So we probably yeah. should get to because I did fuck up and uh we actually have three big issues this week and I only accounted for the two. So I'm sorry about that again. <laughs> it's, I uh I didn't realize it when I started reading, and then you told me, and I was like, oh, okay. So, it's fine. I got I got it done. I did my homework, Fair Dad. <laughs> okay, well, don't, I don't want <laughs> to be like that. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I try, I try to be, I try to be cognizant of your time. Yeah. So I try not to, you know, I try not to be like... 15 issues and four of them are annuals. Ha <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, when it was like, that when we used to do it that way, woof. Yeah, uh, that would be rough. Uh, yeah. no, this one was this one was fine because uh it's also easier if they're not shit. Um which oddly yeah. these and the annuals in 200 weren't terrible. Yeah. They were easy to read. So let's do that. Okay. So, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 196 has a cover by Keith Pollard and is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Al Milgram, inked by Jim Mooney and Frank Giacoya, colored by Bob Sharon, lettered by John Costanza, and edited 
by Marv Wolfman. Um, Peter deals with the death of Aunt May as Robbie gets fed up and quits the bugle because of Jonah's obsession with Spider-Man. Uh, while Peter broods at the riverfront, Robbie shows up and the two of them share a moment, uh, which is actually really nice. I like this issue because it is so much more just about what everybody's going through. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to, it's nice to slow down and have those occasionally. Uh, but then Peter realizes who Dr. Reinhardt actually is, um, so, as he heads to the retirement home, he is captured by Boris and Corpse, who we bar- I don't think we barely mentioned them last week, but they were previously working for the Black Cat, uh, who capture him and deliver him to Kingpin. Yeah, the, uh, mo- the moment at the, uh, at the riverfront is the best. It is. And um, I will say, his arm is still fucked up. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he, like, I, I understand, I understand it, but like, Peter, fucking pause for 15 minutes. So he goes over to his aunt's house, or to the house, um, and finds it trashed. That's when he remembers who, uh, Reinhardt is, and goes... Did he go to that and go there in this issue? Yeah. I thought he didn't do that until uh 199 no it's the it's the scene right after the um the riverfront but he uh so he goes to the house figures out who reinhardt is in that same moment that he realized you know he sees it's trashed that sparks the memory to of who reinhardt is and then he goes fuck i gotta go and uh just immediately jumps into the suit again even though his arm is fucked and goes swinging off toward the retirement home, and I'm like, "You need to pause." Like, mm-hmm. I know, I understand some of this is a little time sensitive, but you need to pause. Um, so, anyway, the riverfront conversation is the best. It's it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's it's a highlight this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Amazing Spider-Man number one ninety seven is penciled by Keith Pollard, inked by Jim Mooney, colored by Ben Sean, and uh, lettered by Joe Rosen. Uh, Kingpin, having been set a deadline by his wife in which to wrap up his criminal activities, tries to kill Spider-Man before the deadline runs out. Just as he is about to do so, uh, and after the two just beat each other, um... He's about to kill Spider-Man when Vanessa returns and says, Time's up. And he's like, I just, I need a minute. I've got him. And she's like, nope, time is up. And so realizing that he loves his wife more than he wants to kill Spider-Man, he leaves. And Spider-Man collapses and passes out. Um, We did... We find out that Kingpin uh, had been, had survived their last encounter uh, on the roller coaster at the pier and all that shit. Uh, wound up amnesiac until he was hit by a car uh, by, that was... Silvermane had put a hit on him, um, but 
done it in such a way that it wasn't openly him doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, once the car hit him, he regained his memory and uh, set out to deal with shit. Um, and like I said, the uh, it's it's interesting and you know kingpin that has to choose I think is an interesting kingpin you know having him just be out to murder daredevil or murder spider-man is fine but I I think one of the more interesting things has been on those occasions where Vanessa is just like no like I'm not okay with all of this you need to decide and he's forced to make that decision so you know he ultimately uh doesn't stick with this decision obviously but uh, but it's one he's had to make a few times and it's it's fun yeah no it's it's easily the best part of the character is yeah. uh is Vanessa um mm-hmm. and his love for her and I mean, it was one of the things that the show, uh, the Daredevil show, um, sort of nailed. Um, and this this is an even better representation of that. Where yeah. he's like, I fucking got him, though. Yeah, I know, but we made a deal. Uh, and I will fucking leave you. And he's like, uh, okay, okay, okay. No murdering Spider-Man. No murdering anybody anymore. I won't do crime. Crime is the thick I do. Okay, we're good. I'll yeah. go. I guess I do uh, retail now. That's fine. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> King, Kingpin, the short order cook. Kingpin working at Pinkberry. Yeah. Just like... <laughs> Asking Robin that always finds out. Would you uh, <laughs> would you like sprinkles on that? Fool, um, I will destroy you. <laughs> I don't know. Can I try it? Can I try the the pistachio again? You have already had your mandated <laughs> samples. <laughs> uh so yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Um and I mean, you know, it's easier for someone like Kingpin it is always kind of funny to see the villains who don't have the uh, cash reserves that someone like Kingpin does uh, being forced to work in those <laughs> mundane uh, scenarios. Uh, it is, you know, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, Kingpin is clearly rich enough that his money makes him money, so I... I, I, I mean, him, he just has to sell that diamond on his chest, and yeah. like, you, there, there you go. That's 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 your that's your decade. Yeah, um, yeah I liked it. Yeah. So, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one ninety ninety eight ninety uh, ninety eight is penciled by Sal Buscema, colored by Glennis Ween, and lettered by Irving Watanabe. Spider-Man is found by the police and taken to the hospital, and Reinhardt reveals his identity to the burglar who killed Uncle Ben. 
we find out that uh, Mysterio engineered um, the the situation with the guy who tried to replace him and in doing so uh, was then able to sort of disappear and uh, fade away into retirement home scams um, but is willing to give that up for this treasure that uh, the burglar is after uh, Spider-Man revives at the hospital and goes to confront Mysterio uh, Mysterio's illusions keep throwing him though because at this point they're a lot more hypnotic um, and it just it fucks him up even further uh, and he winds up chained up at the bottom of a pool uh, as Mysterio is just like ha 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 also Jonah has a nervous breakdown in a shareholders meeting are they trying to take um, the paper from him do what are they trying to take the paper from him and that's why he freaks out well, I don't, th I don't think... Here's the thing. I don't think this was necessarily framed as, like, a hostile takeover uh -huh. as such. I think it's framed as a... We're really worried about the direction you're taking here. You are becoming increasingly unhinged. We may need to look at what we're going to do going forward. And that's what causes Jonah uh -huh. to snap the way he does. Yeah. Um... We didn't talk about it too much, but, like, he's been... Jonah's been freaking out as uh, Robbie's leaving. And yeah. is... At first, he's, like... He actually, like, has... When Robbie first tells him he's gonna quit, Jonah's, like... he le Robbie leaves, and Jonah turns around, and he's, like, why the fuck do I do this? Why, why do I always do this? I push these people away all the time... And then he blames Spider-Man. Um, pretty much. I mean, it's not that simple, but like he kind of does. Um, well, when, and then, you're, when you're when you're having a mental health episode, self awareness will only get you so far. Right. You can recognize what's happening. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you're not going to double down. Yeah, <laughs> which is what he does, and he does double down. And when when Joe at when Robbie actually decides to leave, like is packing up his fucking desk. Um, he's ha he's freaking out because he's like, I thought you never you've done this. Oh shit! And then the next day is the shareholders meeting where they're like, you fired Robertson. Um, we don't know about that one because yeah. uh, they're secretly thinking he was the guy keeping you in check. Uh, yeah. So, where? Yeah, I don't know. This is a lot yeah. of jo this is a lot of Jonah talk. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it's kind of interesting this week. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number one ninety nine uh, has is colored by George Russo's, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Marv Wolfman and Jim Shooter. Uh, Spider-Man breaks free from Mysterio's pool illusion. Because he, he he's struggling as the pool is filling with water, but then it turns out that the water isn't real. Um, 
So, yeah, he manages to break out of that. Return, uh, Mysterio's already escaped. So Peter returns home for rest and a meal, at which point his friends show up. And uh, we, we get a little bit of resolution to a lot of what's been going on in that, you know, they know now that May is ostensibly died. Uh, they know that Peter is, Peter's got a lot going <laughs> on. And so they, he's able to salvage the friendships, which sometimes I'm not always, at such a, in times like this, I'm not sure he deserves for it to be this easy, but well, whatever. <laughs> I liked this interaction because a lot of people didn't know stuff um and right. they know stuff now and he was still a dick and I, I mean even peter's like oh shit i wasn't i didn't mean to be how harsh was i because i wasn't really in the right headspace what i was trying to do was to get her to go back to ned and they're like talking about betty sorry and they're like, yeah, dude, okay, uh, shit, that makes sense. You still were way kind of out of line about it. And he's yeah. like, oh, fuck. How, how out of line? Uh, she's not going back to Ned. She's not going to anyone. Uh, yeah. fuck, hell, okay. Um, so it's, it is... I think it's a good scene because it uh, it, it balances everybody gets everybody gets level. The only yeah. thing nobody the only thing nobody knows is that Peter is Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. That's we're back to like which with is these. which is surprising given that he's wearing a robe. He leaves his Spider Man shirt out. He's wearing a robe with the pants and boots <laughs> of the Spider Man costume, like. When they that's they, it's bright kick, red. He kicks he kicks them out. The final pane of that, or yeah, the final panel of that page is him being like, oh, the second fast is like, okay, I'll let you know if I need anything. And they're like, cool, bye. And he turns around and he's leaning on the door, and you see his fucking socks. And I'm like, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's I'm, I'm an idiot. Genuinely, I'm genuinely surprised nobody like was just like. <laughs> What is what is that about? You know but, the one uh, who, the one who has known him the least. They go downstairs, and the one who's known him the least, Shawshank, is like, "Is he Spider Man?" <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and they're like, "What? No, it's Peter. He sucks." And yeah. they they leave, and she's like, yeah. "But he's wearing the okay." <laughs> I mean, if you all say so, <laughs> I'm I'm new to the country, so you all. <laughs> You all say he that's just a thing he wears. Okay. I never uh, but looked so, below the waist. Spider-Man goes or um sorry. Uh he heads to Aunt May's former home. Um and Mysterio is there searching for the treasure. Uh Mysterio's just like, "Oh well, uh time to move on, but before I go, uh, and he loads him up with tranquilizers. Um, and assuming Spider-Man is dead, he takes off. 
and yeah um make make sure like if you want to kill spider-man go ahead and just like even if you've shot him full of so many tranquilizers that you don't think there's any way he can survive cut the head off like <laughs> go ahead and what did you say last last episode with uh is it is it yeah. easier than a bullet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess the other one is. Did you actually kill him? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Um, and then That's this another is... diamond on the decision tree. <laughs> is it easier than a bullet? <laughs> no. Do the bullet. Did you yeah. actually kill him? Well, it's like the yeah the flow chart is like. Uh, can they be killed with a bullet? Yes or no? Yes? Shoot them with a bullet. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, uh, anyway. So, yeah. Alright. So, that brings us to Amazing Spider-Man number 200, uh, which has a cover by John Romita Jr., uh, written by Marv Wolfman, with a page by Stan Lee, uh, they actually invite you to figure out which page Stanley wrote. Um, and it's page 47. <laughs> uh, but is uh, penciled by Keith Pollard, colored by Glynis Ween, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Marv Wolfman. Uh, Peter starts trying to track down the burglar who killed Uncle Ben. But he needn't have bothered... Uh, because while he's out doing all of this, the burglar shows up at his apartment, uh, and there is a tussle, uh, but Peter winds up knocked out and abducted. Um, he comes to in the burglar's hideout, which it turns out is the warehouse he confronted him in back in Amazing Fantasy number 15. Um... The burglar then leaves to go and do something to... We won't find out until a little further in what he's doing, but it's ostensibly something that is going to uh, compel Peter to tell him what he wants to know. While he's gone, Peter breaks out of the ropes and changes into Spider-Man and follows him. Uh, the guy goes back to the retirement home uh, and Spider-Man confronts him in the basement. But because he is without his powers currently, uh, he winds up taking a bullet to the side um, and the guy gets away. Goes back to the warehouse, discovers that Peter has escaped. Spider-Man Spider then confronts him there, uh, at which point he discovers that Aunt May is still alive, that Mysterio had faked her death um, in order to keep Peter away, um, and proceeds to uh, terrorize the burglar uh, to the extent that the guy winds up having a heart attack and dies. Um, it, it is interesting. Peter reveals his identity. Yeah. That to the guy that part's cool um, and the guy because he is so angry over it all and the guy's like why do you even care how does this affect you 
and he's like it affects me personally and like rips off his mask um but the guy the guy winds up having a heart attack and dying peter takes aunt may to the hospital uh and the, or spider-man takes aunt may to the hospital <clears throat> then peter arrives and um they're talking and the we find out that the money that this burglar was had been after um they found the box back when they first bought the house and were renovating it but that the money inside had been eaten by silverfish already when they found it Mm -hmm. so it was all for nothing you fucking asshole um there are there are a few things that i really like about this number one Peter going through all of this at a time when he's without his powers to begin with um, is interesting because, you know, people people complain about stuff like this, wherein, you know, oh, you've taken away blah, blah, blah. But an effective way of generating tension is to take away something the characters take for granted uh-huh and used if used correctly that that can lead to really good stuff it's not always used properly but you I know think... in the right hands it's really good and there are two different well there are a few different ways you do that too or when you do that there are a few different ways you have your character react right um, mm-hmm. The way they choose to do it here is really cool for Peter as a character because he's like, oh shit, I have been taking this for granted. Like, right. he literally says that. And that is an incredibly interesting way for Peter Parker to deal with this because, I mean, we're at a much more stable Peter Parker character now but he was a dick when he started out right like he was kind of a prick and that guy probably wouldn't have realized had had the self-awareness to be like i've been taking this for granted and shouldn't do that shit okay what how does you know he doesn't really get around to like what does that mean how do i how do how do i not do that but like again like having the wherewithal at least it's a start um, and I don't, right. th- I don't think old Peter would have done that. So I agree. And I think I, this is there's good. A ve- there's a very good portion of this where he is trying to make his way into this building and he winds up shooting a web line across and climbing across it. Yeah. That is a, I think maybe it would have been a bit better if that had ha- been given a chance to breathe a little and we got a little more vertigo uh in that scene because as it stands it's pretty like oh man (laughs) and then he makes it across and he's like my arms are burning and all of that and it works but i i think it could have been a much more central part of the uh story uh and that would have been really good i what i will say is i am torn on this whole storyline with the burglar. Um, 
in as much as it rem so it removes the randomness of Ben's death to a certain extent which I'm okay with because they don't go full blown they don't do what the movies do a lot of the time where every single person has a personal connection to Peter Everybody. and that's why they wind up becoming a Spider-Man villain right I don't really Every know. father figure he does, has winds up trying to murder him at some point. Like, they don't go that far. Yeah. Um, but by the same token, uh, it is slightly less random. The The major issue that I... The major issue that I have is actually kind of twofold. Number one, the randomness actually kind of works for something like this. Mm -hmm. a, a moment wherein somebody's just like... Oh shit! Um, the world sucks, and sometimes terrible things happen uh, just because. Um, mm -hmm. But also, it doesn't. It doesn't really explain why. If this guy was going to Ben's house because there was, he believed there was something stashed in the house. Why then did he rob the wrestling arena right beforehand? I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. I mean, I I'm just saying, like No no no. <clears throat> like I get you. If if he's supposed to be go make sure the easy score uh with the hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever is there mm -hmm. before you go uh, knocking off a uh, yeah a wrestling place. So yeah, like if you if you have what you believe to be a definitive score of millions of dollars, why are you stealing like five hundred in receipts, like or in in you know yeah. cover? <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, overall, I think this was a really good issue. Uh, it was a nice sort of cap to the 200. The It was a nice 200th issue that harkens back to the character's origins. Um, and that I thought worked overall pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, logistical issues aside, it's good. It's good. So... Yeah. Um, oh, one last thing I did like was uh, um, Peter, Spider-Man picking May up off the ground and being like, really, I know Peter. I'm one of his friends. I'm not here to hurt you. I want to get you to the hospital and then I'll leave you alone. And she is just like still clearly scared of him, but like not nearly as terrified as she had been in the past. Right. And I, I like that. Um, that Spider-Man gets an opportunity to talk to May. And yeah. uh, that's probably a thing that should have happened before. Um, and well, I mean, the reason he doesn't do it is because he's under the impression that if he farts in May's direction, she'll die. Um, right. And Spider-Man is a big contentious point for both of them. Um, but if... So the fact that they were forced into this situation where 
Spider-Man is the one that saves May, um, is and then they have to have that is good. I, yeah. I like that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good issue. Um, and it's kind of an, it's a kind of a good place to end with Amazing Spider-Man this week. Yeah. We still have some spectacular, but it's a, it's a good sort of even break before we read some more, Mm -hmm. you know, especially because I think the next issue is Punisher and it's, I feel like that could be a little breakneck if we went straight into that. But Uh anyway. Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man number 35 has a cover by Lee Elias and Mike Esposito written by Tony Isabella penciled by Lee Elias inked by Mike Esposito colored by Bob Sharon lettered by Clem Robbins and edited by Jim Shooter Um, this was actually kind of a high point for me which is a little odd Spectacular Spider-Man's been really hit or miss yeah um but this I thought was a really good issue because um, Spider-Man is drawn into the revenge fantasy of Mindworm, um, along with psycholog- psychologist, whom we later find out is a psychology student slash nurse named Joyce Phillips. Um, and initially, it it seems like a pretty standard sort of um you know grr and then spider-man just has to find a way to overcome it but what winds up happening is that spider-man forces mindworm to confront his own shit um and when it's all said and done and they are released from the dream he then goes and pays a visit to the hospital where Mindworm uh, is a patient. And uh, they have a talk. And, you know, Mindworm learns that with great power must also come great responsibility. Uh, and Spider-Man, Spider-Man decides that he seems really genuine in uh trying to change and they parted they part he wishes him good luck they part as friends um which i thought was a really good it's a story it's a neat ending yeah normally so normally i really hate it was all a dream kind of right endings this one is good because they pay it off they pay it they pay it off so strong because him going to the hospital kind of thinking i'm gonna have to fuck this motherfucker up and all right let's get let's get there and then he gets there and mindworm's just sitting there reading a book quietly while the uh joyce joyce is uh, is just you know taking care of him a little and she's clearly not in distress and he's like uh the fact that spider-man has the wherewithal to just be like well let's just talk and see where that goes because he'll flatten me if it goes badly but let's just let's just see what happened and you know creeps in the window and is like hey what's up um and their conversation is really good um 
I liked this a lot. The ending yeah. was, uh, <clears throat> the ending was really good. So yeah, and I did not expect that to for bo- both the spectacular's been just all over the place sometimes, um, mm-hmm. and feels a little hokey sometimes, and uh, this, and then Mindworm, and I was just like, oh god. Uh, because I did not enjoy that story the first time, and then this is this is much better. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It kind of felt like the uh, the ultra humanite uh, Christmas episode of Justice League, where you know ultra humanite kind of gets drawn into a. Uh, a thing and winds up winds up sort of leaving it all with a with a nice bit of like he uh he reprograms some popular kids toy to uh to tell the kids the story of the nutcracker and stuff like that it's it's kind of a hokey little bit of a but it's a nice sort of and that's sort of the vibe i got here with mind worm at the end yeah so Anyway. Yeah.